in Joshua chapter 24, and I'm going to read uh, a couple of verses to you, and then I'll, I'll give you the thought, and then we'll get into it. I'll, I'll probably allude to a little bit more of the text. But I want you to look in Joshua chapter 24. Look down in verse 14. No doubt it's a familiar text uh, to all of us in the room tonight. The Bible says this. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Let me just say, I believe part of the reason we have the problems we have in the day and age we live is we've lost the fear of God. Understand that I'm not, I'm not talking like fear. Oh no, God's going to beat me up like, like, like some high school bully, but I'm talking about a holy reverence, a holy fear, a holy trust in God. We've lost that. Hey, we still need to get back. It would do us good. We would change our country if we get back to, to now for now. Therefore fear the Lord. By the way, if, if you fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth, notice what will happen. It says, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. I want you to underline, underline that. He said, serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Can I say Joshua has a whole lot more faith than I have? And I'll allude to it again in just a minute with Elijah because Elijah is going to make a similar statement. I would be fearful in the day and age we live to take a, take a group of young people. I'd be fearful in the day and age we live, preacher, as we travel and we preach in churches, uh, and we're going about and trying to be an encouragement to God's people. I would be fearful to seriously look at them, Brother Ashton, and to say, choose you this day. But that's what he does. You say, why would you be fearful? Because I'm afraid that if we're not careful, many of our young people would say, great, I'll choose the other side. Hey, I believe many of our church members would say, I'll choose the other side because I like what's over there a little bit more than what's over here. But look what he says. He says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we're going to stop reading right there. And I want to, I want to take my thought. I want to preach from, from this thought. He says in verse 14, he says this. He says, in the end of it, he says, serve ye the Lord. But then in verse 15, he, he goes on a step further than that. He says, that's fine. He says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, he says this. He says, choose you this day whom ye will serve. I do want to preach for the next few few minutes. I will be mindful of the time, but I want to preach with this thought in mind. It's time to make a choice. Young people, you're going to have to make a choice. We look at it, and I know, and I get it, because uh, because I do have daughters who are, uh, who are getting older. Chase isn't quite at that point yet, but but I've got a, I've got an older daughter who, who's actually married and out of the house, and, and she's she got a a baby and another baby on the way. And uh, that's right, I'm a grandfather. Grandfather, I don't feel that old, preacher, but uh, I, I look it, amen. And so uh, I, I, I look it, amen. Uh, but but I look at it, and I remember talking to Caitlin. My, my oldest and Jordan is now uh, she, she's 20 years old that's still weird to say she just turned 20 but but Jordan is 20 years old and she's in her second year of uh, or getting ready to enter her second year of college and I remember as they're getting older here's what they struggle with the most they struggle with this matter of the fact they're getting older and it's time to make a choice 
You got to decide, man, what, what am I going to start doing? Jordan's in college and she's having to make decisions about what's her career going to be and what does she want to do on that side of things and what does she want to do uh, to go to school for and all of these things. And, and they struggle with that. But young people, it's time tonight for you to make a choice. And this isn't a choice about what college you're going to go to. It's much more important than that. And it's not a choice about whether or not you're, you're going to go to school and what you'll be in school for. It's much more important than that. Tonight you have to make a choice on whether or not you are going to serve the Lord and follow God or if you're going to go the way of the world and go, go the way of the devil. You say, well, there's got to be a middle ground. There's no middle ground. You're either following God or you're not. And I am sick and tired of watching our young people walk out the back doors of a church and they're looking at it and they're walking out. The statistics say eight out of every ten, 78% of our young people turn 18 years old. They walk out the back doors of the church and they don't ever come back in. Hey, I'm telling you, you say, what's happened? They made the wrong choice. There's got to come a moment where you sit down and make a choice. And I'm going to try my best to help encourage you tonight. It's time to make a choice. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. And Lord, I do thank you for how you blessed and you touched and you helped in this service. But Lord, I do ask you, God, will you take these next few minutes? Lord, will you use me tonight? God, will you anoint me with your touch? Will you anoint me with your power? But God, I pray, Lord, will you speak to the hearts of your people? Lord, I ask you, God, will you touch these young people, Lord? Help them not just to make a choice, but Lord, will you help them to make the choice? Will you help them make the right choice? Lord, we'll give you the praise for all that you do. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And and as you look at it, you think about it, there's got to come a time in, in mine and your life where the Lord is real to me and you. We look at it so many times, and, and I believe what happens uh, as many times as we're used to coming to church Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday. We're used to youth meetings. We're used to youth camps. We're used, uh, my, my kids have been to camp since they were, uh, what, eight, nine years old, I guess. They started going to junior camp over with Brother Patrick, and they'll go, they'll go a week there, and then the minute they hit teenager, they, uh, they, they go up there with Brother Stroud, and they're at that Power of Two camp. They're used to going to camps. They're used to going to youth meetings like this. This is and uncommon to them. And if we're not careful, we look at it, we're raised around this. And so what we do is we go in and we know what to do. We know how to sing the songs. Man, I loved it. The youth choir got up and they began to sing and they began to sing bless the Lord, oh bless the Lord. Uh, bless His holy name. Let me not forget all His benefits. But you get to that line in the chorus, lifting up my hands, the great I am. And you you learn where to raise your hand at. You learn where to say amen at. Uh, you get to that God is still good. Uh, and all through the night uh, when I've done all I can and, and I don't understand God is still good and you know to say amen right there because you know God is still good you say why because you spent your life listening to your pastor tell you that you spent your life listening to your mom and daddy tell you that but all it is is something you've heard your mama tell you about all it is is something your daddy's told you about all it is is something you watched the preacher yeah I thought I was going to fall all it is is something you thought the preacher would talk about hey you say what is it hey I'm telling you all it is is you play church God's never been real to you. Hey, there's got to come a time where God gets real to you. I think Matthew 16, that was the account for, for Peter where the Lord got real. Uh, we, we know the account. The Bible tells us uh, Jesus comes into the coast of the Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I am? Or say the son of man am. And if I asked you tonight, tell me who he is. You'd say, well, the preacher says he's my savior. 
You'd say tonight that, that my mom and daddy says he's a supplier. Brother, brother, it wasn't brother Preston. Brother, you were preaching about him being the supplier. You'd say, you'd say that preacher said he was the supplier. You, you would say that the, 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 the girls got up and saying he is there. And you'd say, well, they, they said he was there. I'm not asking who he is to the girls. I'm not asking who he is to the preacher. I'm not asking any of that. I'm asking you tonight, who is he to you? That the disciples go on. They say, well, some say there are Elias or John the Baptist or one of the other prophets. And here's the question the Lord asks them. He says this. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? I ask you tonight, who is he to you? See, I go back to June, what I believe to be the 12th. I'm not exactly sure on the exact date, but I believe June the 12th. Side note, years later, we get married on June the 12th as well. Two greatest days of my life, I believe, happened on June the 12th, 19. Or or different uh, different, uh, years, of course. But uh, June the 12th, 1989, as a nine-year-old little boy, I sat in church on a Sunday night. And I sat about three-quarters of the way back. And the preacher went to preaching. And for the first time in my life, now I'd been in church before that. I had heard the preacher before. Before that, hey, but, but for the first time in my life, as a nine-year-old little boy sitting in church on Sunday night, June the uh, June the twelfth, nineteen eighty-nine, I realized I was a lost sinner and I was on my way to hell. See, that preacher was preaching that night, and I, I'm going to tell you the truth: I didn't know who he was, other than somebody the preacher talked about. I didn't know who he was, other than somebody the, the Sunday school teacher talked about. But that night, I met him as Savior, and he changed my life, and I've never been the same. Let me ask you something. Do you know Him as Savior tonight? Tell me about it. Look, I can't tell you what I ate for lunch on Tuesday. But you want to go back to June the 12th, 1989, preacher? I tell you, I was sitting in church. I was three quarters of the way back. I was sitting on the far side of the two cousins I was sitting next to. We were playing in church. I wasn't even paying attention. I didn't go looking to get saved. Hey, but somewhere in that preaching, that preacher began to preach. Hey, the Holy Ghost skipped over Danny. The Holy Ghost, I think it was DJ. He skipped over Danny and he got a hold of my heart. And I realized I was lost. And I realized I was on my way to hell. See, I'm not asking you about last week. I'm not asking you about last month. Hey, I'm asking you about when in the world did the Holy Ghost of God show up to where you were at and touch your heart and convict you of your sin and change your life. I don't know if that's ever happened. Then you may need to meet Him tonight as Savior. But understand, once you meet Him as Savior, then here's what's going to happen. At that point, you'll have a battle that will be inside of you and the battle will be this. Who is He going to be to you? We look at it, we're like, well, that, that's, that's the battle you, 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 you older folks have. No, that's the battle you teenagers have. By the way, mom and daddy, we have that battle. It's real with the kids. Be careful. Well, they're just young. They'll figure it out. No, they, hey, they, they may be battling uh, an attack from Satan and he's trying to keep them splitting away. You'll have that battle and here, here's the battle. The battle is going to be this. Are you going to be most important in your life? Is this world going to be most important in your life? Or is the Lord Himself going to be most important in your life? And here's what happens week after week, month after month, year after year, if you've got a good church like this. You go in and the preacher does what Elijah did in 1 Kings 18. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? 
He said, if the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. But listen, and young people, here's what I believe we've gotten content and gotten used to doing. And the people answered Him not a word. By the way, and it's easy not to answer a word because we'll sit in church and the preacher will preach and the preachers will give the altar call and we're going to get up and we know we got to go to the altar call. We've been raised around this and we know if we don't go to the altar, if we go too long without going to the altar, the preacher's going to ask us, hey, why aren't you going to the altar? And your parents are going to ask you, why don't you go to the altar? Hey, and your Sunday school teacher and your youth workers are going to say, why don't you go to the altar? Hey, so we know to get up and go to the altar, but we get down and I wonder how long's it been and how often in the last month you've gotten down in an altar and you've not said a single word in your prayer. Because you're doing nothing more than going through the motions. Hey, and in your heart, you've answered him not a word. The people answered him not a word. Hey, he's there and he's saying, listen, I don't care what. Just make a decision. No, I ain't going to make a decision. I don't want to have to do that. You answering not a word is making a decision to go the other way. And young people, I promise you, I want to help you and I want to encourage you. But but I but I, I'm telling you the truth tonight. If you don't make a decision for God, you are making a decision for the world. They were we we go into church services and we respond like they did in Elijah's day. God's blessed you and given you a good home with good parents. He's given you a good church. You say, how do you know that? You don't know me. You don't know what I walked into. No, I don't have to know. But God's given you a mom and daddy that's got you in a youth meeting on a Saturday night. Hey, if you're a member of this church, God's given you a preacher that loves you enough to host a youth meeting and to bring preachers in and to buy the food and to to set the people up. Hey, there's a lot of work that goes into this. Hey, and it's happened to get you to a place of being able to make a decision. God's blessed you with all of that. And yet if we're not careful, we're going to walk out those doors. And our life's going to be the exact same now as it was when we walked in. What a shame. Joshua goes, he tells them, he says this. He said, now therefore fear the Lord, in verse 14 of Joshua 24. And serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood. And in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. By the way, young people, you say, you say, preacher, what's your goal tonight? My goal tonight is for you to walk out those doors and say, you know what? By the grace of God, I may be a preacher. I may not be a preacher. I, I may, I may stand up and hold some office in the church. I may not. But by the grace of God, all the days of my life, I'm going to serve the Lord. It's time to make that choice. So how, how do we go about making that choice? There, 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 there's three things I want to show you about it. I want you to notice the way Joshua does it. Joshua, it's a personal choice that Joshua tells them. The, the reason we struggle in the day and age we live. And young people, I want you to look at me and I want you to listen to me. The reason you struggle making a choice for God is because you're trying to put it off on your preacher. You're trying to put it off on daddy. You're trying to put it off on Sunday school teacher. You're trying to put it off on mama. You're trying to put it 
off on a godly heritage. Understand your godly heritage. Thank God for a grandmama and a granddaddy. Thank God for, for a mama and daddy that loved you and raised you in church. Hey, thank God for a Sunday school teacher that loves you and prays for you and stands up every week and teaches you the Word of God. Thank God for a preacher that loves you and invests in you. Hey, but understand this isn't the preacher's decision. It's not the teacher's decision. It's not mama and daddy's decision. It is a personal choice that only you can make. There is nothing, I want you to listen to me young people, there is nothing more heartbreaking than a pastor getting a phone call from a mom and daddy. Preacher, I don't know what to do. They're broken hearted and weeping. And preachers, no doubt y'all have gotten them. My baby's turned up expecting. There's nothing more heartbreaking for a mama and daddy than a young person that you've raised in church and you've invested and you've given and you've done everything you could. You've not been a perfect mom and daddy by any means. By the way, ain't none of y'all got a perfect mom and daddy. Can't say it, man. Look, some of y'all are afraid because you're afraid they're going to go home and beat the devil out of you for it. Good job, mom and daddy. I'm proud of you. Amen. Raise them right. Young people, ain't one of you got a mom and daddy that's perfect. Do you want to know the quickest way to break their heart? Take a mom and daddy that's invested in you. Take a mom and daddy that's worked hard to send you on youth outings. Take a mom and daddy that sacrificed and carved out their time on a Saturday to get you to a youth meeting. And you turn 18 years old and you pack your things up and you walk out the door and you say, I ain't coming back. You will break your mom and daddy's heart. Well, I'm going to do what I want. I'll show you that in a minute. So why in the world should I stay, preacher? All my, all my pastor ever does is tell me why everything I do is wrong. By the way, you don't know it yet, but you're going you're gonna to get a little bit older and you're going to thank God for that. You're going to thank God for having a preacher that, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get quick. You're going to thank, nobody asked you. Y'all gonna thank God one day that you had a pastor that loved you enough to tell you you ought not to be hanging around them. You're gonna grow up one day and you're gonna thank God for a mama and daddy that said no, uh uh-uh, ain't happening over my dead body. Are you talking to that boy? You done bumped your head. You've lost your ever loving mind. What is wrong with you? You're gonna grow up one day and you're gonna say thank God for that. But now you look at and all that, that preacher just doesn't want me to have any fun. How many uh, kids don't raise your hand? I'm setting you up. You will die on the way home if you do. How many of y'all have ever thought my preacher and my parents just don't want me to have fun? All right, good. Y'all are listening. Amen. I'm judging. You said pay attention for bless the Lord. I ask questions like that to see if they're still listening. Amen. Do that. I did that one time. Like, yeah, that's right. My mama and daddy, you know. Had a good time preaching that boy's funeral that next week. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not true. You look at it. You say, why should I stay? All they do is tell me what I can't do. Joshua, you say, why was Joshua willing to make that statement? Why was he willing, brother, Ashton, to look at him and say, make a choice. 
you want to choose God, choose God. If you want to choose the world, choose the world. Why did he say that? Because he had spent the verses before that reminding them of what God had done for them. See, understand, some of you are sitting here this, this evening and you're like, man, I, I'm in church and I've been in church my whole life and that's all we know. If you look here, look in, look at your Bible. I'll be very quick uh, with it, I promise you. But in verse 5, look what he said. He said, I sent Moses uh, also and Aaron and I played Egypt according to that which I did among them and afterward I brought... You out. Now, if you read the first four verses, he's talking about all the things he did for their mama and daddy and that previous generation. But now he says, here's what I've done for you. Hey, and understand, some of you are thinking, man, I'm good. I've been in church my whole life. Can I tell you why? Because he brought your mama and daddy out of the drunkard's home. He brought your mama and daddy out of the drug addict. He brought your mama and daddy from the mess they were involved with. And so now all you know is going to church Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night. Hey, I say choose God because of the blessings that he did and how he delivered mama and daddy. Say so all, all, all you old people are shouting on that. You know why? Because we're the ones that were raised out of the drunkard's home. We're the ones that was raised around the drug addict. We're the ones that was raised not in church. We're the ones that was raised without a preaching daddy, brother Dalton. We all have that heritage. Hey, but God blessed us and God's been good to us. Hey, and I'm telling you, God did that to save you from the heartache. He says, choose God because of the fact that I've delivered you from, from, from the, the, uh, he said, I've delivered you from the enslavement you were in. Hey, if you read verse number six, he begins to talk to him about how he defeated the enemies that he brought them out of. Notice what he said. He said, I bought, I brought your fathers out of Egypt and ye came out of the, uh, came under the sea and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen under the Red Sea. They were in a situation they couldn't win. They were looking to hunt them down and take them back. The Bible said, he said, I brought your fathers out of that mess. When they cried in verse 7 unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. You say, what's he saying? He's saying, listen, I brought you out of all that mess. He's saying, I protected you. From some things. And we look at it and we think, oh, I don't get the joy of going off. You mentioned sports, brother. I, I, we had a kindred spirit on that. I looked at brother Dalton. I said, I know this man's right with God. We don't get to play ball on third Wednesday nights. We got, we got prayer meetings. Man, I, I, I go and I play volleyball at the school and I got to wear those culottes. Everybody else wear those little short shorts. Mama and daddy, why do I got to be different? Why can't I do like that? Everybody else is doing it. What you're viewing is, is bondage. God's saying, listen, I blessed you and I protected you from some things. Why can't I listen to all that ungodly music? Why is everything I have got to have a piano on it? Why is it all got to be hymn music? Why is it all got to be songs and hymns and spiritual songs? Why can't I listen to the rock or the rap music of the world? Why can't I listen to that mess? God's saying, I'm protecting you from some things. But I don't want it. We'll get there in a minute. He said, listen, he said, I delivered you from the enslavement. I've defeated the enemies. Look in verse 12. I'm trying to go fast through here. And I sent the hornet before you and drave them out from before you, even 
the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword nor with thy bow. That's the way he says in verse 13. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not. And ye dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted, and not do ye eat. You know what he says? Not only did I deliver you from the enslavement you were in, not only have I defeated some enemies in, in, in your past, but now he says, I defied the expectations that you had. And church, I'm telling you, 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 I, I, you look at me and you're like, well, he's just the old guy up there preaching. Listen, my wife and I, we, we didn't grow up in this. I wish I could tell you, my brother Dalton and I have become great friends. He's one of my closest friends. He, 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 he's 19 years old. I'm preaching for his daddy in a couple of weeks, preacher. All he ever knows is being raised in church. All you know is daddy preaching and, and running the aisles and shouting and praising God. That's all he ever knows. I don't have that testimony. I remember God calling me to preach and, and I remember thinking, how could God use somebody like me? I remember the, a few years back, I told my wife this statement when God started dealing with me about the call for evangelism. I said, with all of the good preachers, and your daddy's one of the ones I named, brother. I said, with all of the good preachers in this area, who in their right mind will ever have me in to preach? Who am I compared to all these guys? And I look at it, y'all. Brother Dalton, we've had this conversation. And I'm not, I'm not, it's not me, it's not anything. But God has blessed more than I could have ever imagined. Amen. Weren't raised in church. And I won't get into all of it because I ain't going to glory our, our in our past. Weren't raised in church. Meet in school. She ends up expecting before we graduate school. Doesn't happen. 23 years later, she's sitting there surrounded by, by five of our six children. We're still married Hey, I've never one time had to pay an ounce, a, a, a dime of child support. There's never been a bit of alimony. You say why? But, but because God's been good. Hey, and God, God is blessed and God has done more in my life than I could have ever, ever imagined. Hey, I'm telling you, hey, 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 look, look, sometimes preachers, they, they, uh, young people will come by. They'll get you to sign a Bible, right? You put a verse in. I, I put Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Why? Because I'd have never imagined God was going to do what he's done. I'd have never thought God would let it get given me 20 years. I'd have never thought God had given me six kids. I'd have never thought they'd be up here singing. I'd have never thought I'd have been preaching. I would have never thought it. God has defied every expectation I've had in my life. Now with all of that, He says, choose you this day. You know what I see right there, guys? That decision's been earned by God. There's not really a decision if you think about your life in that perspective. It's not a choice to be made. God, you want me, God, you want me to preach? Hey, I'll preach. God, you want me to surrender? I'll surrender. God, you want me to sell out? I'll sell. God, you want me to get saved? I'll get saved. God, you've been better to me than I deserve. There's a personal choice. Here's the problem we have. Too often you only get one side of the story. Flip over just a couple of pages. If you got a Schofield Bible, I want you to turn two pages over to Judges chapter 2. 
You look at it today. Joshua said this. He said, he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And he said, he said, serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Serve those other gods if you want to. You say, preacher, well, y'all, and I can't tell you the number of young people I've heard. I can't tell you the number of grown adults I've had. Sit, sit down with me or talk to me on a phone and say, that's fine. I, I want to be a Christian and I want all of that. I just don't want to surrender. I don't want to have to do all of those things. I'm going to go to church and everything. I'm, I'm going to come to church. But I'm just not going to really get in. And you find yourself in Judges chapter number 2. Look what the Bible says in verse 7. Remember Joshua, literally Joshua 24 is one generation talking to the next because Joshua is about to die. Verse 7 of Judges chapter 2, the Bible says this. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. If I could do it this way, preacher, will you, will you stand up for one second? They served the days all the, all the, or they served the Lord all the days of Pastor Burke. Brother Howard, right? Stand up, brother. They served the days all the days of Pastor Howard. Stand up, brother. They served all the Lord all the days of Pastor Key. They served the Lord all the days of the leaders that preached it to them and told them to do it and said it's right. They served the Lord all of those days. But they died off. You men can sit down. They're gone. They're off the scene. No more rules. Hey, young people, you did it while you're in that teen class. The way we do it at our church, you go from the teen class to what we call the co-eds. Co-eds, they give you more accountability because they, you're, you're supposed to be an adult. You serve the Lord while you're a teenager. Said they served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did in Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the borders of the inheritance of Timnath here. He's in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill Gaash. Listen to verse 10. This, I, Hey, young people, this isn't me. This isn't your parents. And this isn't your grandparents. This is you. And the, and, and verse 10, and also all that generation were gathered under their fathers. But listen to this. There arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord. They didn't know about how he had brought them out of Egypt. They didn't know about how he had protected them at the Red Sea. They didn't know about how he, he, had, he had sent the hornets before them and given them a land for which they did not labor. He did not know about them walking in to, to a completely uh, empty land that was blessed and ready to be inhabited. Uh, they didn't know about all of that. They grew up knowing nothing. And I don't, I, look, I don't believe it was, because, it was not because they did not hear. I believe it was because they chose not to retain. They heard, but they've done like some of you're doing right now. You've done turned me off a long time ago because don't you know you're the fourth preacher of the night and, and, and I'm just ready to go eat. That's where we're at. I mean, let's just be real. 
They didn't know. There arose a generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Say it's time to make a choice. We see the personal choice, but right here we see the problems that are coming. And you mark it down. If you make, you walk out the doors tonight, and I can't make you make a decision. I'm about, uh, spoiler alert, I'm gonna take you to the end. The, the altar call, you know what I'm gonna, uh, if, if it's okay if I give one. If not, you know the last line of the message is gonna be? You've promised everybody else long enough. Don't you think it's time to promise to God? The problems to come are this. We look at it, we walk out those doors, and we say, man, I'm glad I got through another service. That one was long. Man, what's wrong with those young guys getting up? That, that, that guy got up. He was all excited and all that stuff. Like, what, what is that about? You guys got up and, and, and you're, you're teenagers and you're crying. Like, like, what's wrong with them? Why is that guy, guy running around and hollering and all of that? Why is he being so mean to me? Because I don't want you to walk out those doors the same way you walked in. The Lord's blessed enough now where I've been in evangelism long enough, preacher, where I've had the opportunity to go back to some places. I've had the opportunity to go back to some places more than once. And you know what I'm starting to see? Brother Dalton, I'm starting to see that not every time I go in somewhere are the same people sitting there. Yes, sir. And I would hate to know that we came down here and all the work went into this message, or, or that, not this message, I'm sorry, all the work went into this meeting and God lets you hear a message about making a decision for you to walk out those doors the same way and do nothing. I would hate that. You say, what's the problems that come? Can I, can I tell you what the, the problems were? Very quickly, look in verse 7. Hey, the, the, the problems that came was this. They were living compliant and not committed. Verse 7 says that they served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. They knew what was right. And, and while the preacher was there, and the Sunday school teacher's there. And the, the youth leaders are there. And you're in mom and daddy's home. You're following the rules. And the preacher leaves. I just don't think I want to do it like that anymore. Mom and daddy, I'm 18. Go do it my own way. And some of you right now, you're living compliant. To all the rules. But you've never committed to God. Let me ask you something tonight. By the way, I'm not asking because I want you to tell me. But in your heart tonight, are you committed to God? Are you compliant to the rules? Preachers, don't get mad at me, but I believe with all of my heart. One of the things we've done in our churches is we've taught how to follow the rules. But we've missed the mark on this matter of teaching them how to have a personal relationship with God. 
Mama, Daddy, you better teach them. That's right, we're, we're going to dress away. That's right, we're going to listen to certain music. That's right, we're, we're not going to go certain places. That's right, we're not going to turn certain things on the television. That's right, you're going to be faithful. To, you better teach them all of that, but you better teach them that because the Bible says so and God's been good and God's changed our life and we want to live a life that's pleasing to God so that one day when we fall, when we're off the scene and we're standing before God and I forget, I'm sorry, preacher, I forget which one mentioned it, but one day when we're standing before God, it can, we can stand before Him and we can hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Understand this matter isn't about what pleases us now. What are we going to be content with? What are we going to be joyful in for all of eternity? Rules without relationship will lead you to rebellion. I want all you young people to look at me. It's not your fault. It's not your mom and daddy's fault if you don't have a relationship. Hey, it's not preacher's fault if you don't have a relationship. Hey, y'all, it's not Miss Bridget's fault if you don't have a relationship with God. That's on you. Tell me about your relationship with God. How long has it been since you read your Bible on your own and you got something from God? Well, you know, I I read because we have to. That's great. So that's time you read on your own. What's the last prayer that God answered for you? Well, that, that's easy. I can tell you. It ain't never happened. I don't ever pray. And you probably battle with the rules, don't you? Hey, you got something. Your mom and daddy do something you don't like. Why don't you pray and say, God, will you help me with it? Man, this is going on and I just don't understand it, preacher. What do I do? Hey, why don't you stop complaining to the preacher and say, God, will you help me to understand it? Will you help me to find it from the Bible? They were living compliant, not committed. Look in verse 11. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. By the way, that, that's, that's what a little bit of the wrong music is. Hey, you know, you know that stuff on your iPad right now your mom and daddy don't know about? You know, you put the AirPods in and they, they can't hear what you're hearing. That's, that's not just a little of the wrong music and that's not just, oh, my mom and my daddy and my preacher don't get it. It's evil in the sight of the Lord. You know that stuff you sit up and watch on your your phone and your iPad and your computer that nobody knows about? You know the games that have the stuff on it that you ought not to be be playing? Hey, that's not a case. Well, that's not just something that they're just too old to get. It's evil in the sight of God. We need to stop living compliant and get committed to God. Look in verse 12. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers which brought them out of the land of Egypt and Followed, followed other gods. I want you to underline this. Since they followed other gods, notice this, of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. If verse number 11 shows me that they were living compliant, not committed, verse 12 shows me they were looking to the world for their ways. Let me let you in on a little secret. And I think it was brother... Preston, if it wasn't, I'm giving the wrong preacher credit. I apologize. No, it wasn't. It was you. Brother Ashton, you were, you were up here talking about when you were going to school 
and how you were odd because you didn't quite fit in with them. If you go to school and you fit in with your, with your public school and you fit in with what's going on in there, there's something spiritually wrong with you. There's something spiritually that's not right. We sit there, we watch all this junk on TV and it doesn't bother us. There's something wrong. God's people don't have a problem with the wickedness of the day. Because we're looking to them for our, for the way we live. And not this. If you look to the world instead, instead of the word, you, you will, you will constantly struggle when it comes to this matter of choose you this day. If this isn't what defines you, then you are going to struggle. Three different times. Go read Matthew 4. I'm going to give you homework. It's youth meeting. You, how many of y'all go back to school this week? Any of you? Okay, good. Our, our, our county goes back this week. Y'all ought to thank God for that. But, but this week they go back to school. And, and I'm going to give you some homework. Go read Matthew chapter 4, the first 11 or 12 verses tonight. Three times Satan comes and he says, if. I want you to understand this. Satan is never going to come to you with anything concrete. Because he don't have anything concrete to offer you. He can't come to you and say it ain't right. Three times he comes and he says if. What's he doing? He's trying to cause you to doubt. He's trying to cause you to doubt your preacher. He's trying to cause you to doubt your parents. He's trying to cause you to doubt the people God's placed in your life. Hey, he's trying to cause you to doubt. Hey, but three different times the Lord answers him with something real simple. It's not real deep. It's not real hard. But it's real, real simple. He just says it is written. Hey, understand when Satan comes to you and tries to get you to doubt the things you've heard. Doubt the preaching you've heard. Doubt the the the, the teaching you've had. Doubt the way you've been raised. Doubt the standards you've been given. Doubt the things that have been implemented in your life. Hey, you go back to it is written. And you let the Word define your ways. I noticed something else. They look to the world for their ways. Can I get somebody? you you, You got somebody on the piano. I'm finishing up. I normally I'd get Samantha. I don't want to, whoever, it doesn't matter. They were looking to the world for their ways. By the way, the Bible tells us in Romans 12, and it was quoted earlier, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not supposed to look like them, act like them, talk like them, or want to be like them. I found the problem we have in many youth groups is this. You're looking at it. And you're looking out there. And you want to be that. And they would give anything they had. Now, help me. Y'all are siblings, right? I'm, I think he said, and if not, it's the preacher's fault. Your mama, right? Okay. They'd give anything they had to sit in church on a Saturday or a Sunday. And have mama bus out behind them. Hey, girls, y'all pick them up every week on the bus. They'd give anything. See that mama sitting on a church pew beside him. They'd give anything. And we look at it, we say, I wish I could get out there. There's a problem. But here's what you're really doing. If you make the wrong choice tonight, you're going to lose the blessings of God 
for the bondage of this world. Look in verse 12 how it ends. They bowed themselves unto them, talking about those false gods of the world. But notice this. They provoked the Lord to anger. Look in verse 14. Or here, verse 13. I'm done, preacher! Bye-bye! Mama, daddy, this church says it's not for me. And they forsook the Lord. And Sir Baal and Ashtaroth. You're going to lose the blessings of God you've had on your life up to this point. Because the Bible said in verse 14. And the anger of the Lord was hot against them. My kids have done things and I've gotten upset. And they've done things where there's times I've been angry at them. But it's never been like the anger of the Lord being at them. The anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them. If I had time and I'd challenge you to go back, reread them in comparison, verse 14 of Judges 2 with the first, the first 14 verses of Joshua chapter 1 about the blessings of God and how God delivered and God brought them out and God protected and God drove out the enemy and God did these things. But now he said, listen, he said, I am delivering you into their hands. He sold them into the hands of their enemies so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. So what's happening? What are you talking about, preacher? I believe, in, and, and you, you don't have to agree with me, but you go read over in the New Testament, that verse, unto whom much is given of him, so much be required. There's a verse, that, that, that the next part of that verse talks about who men have committed the much of them will they expect the more. So who there's been much invested by the Lord and God's invested much in you young people with your pastor and your parents and so on. I believe God expects more out of them than he does you preacher. You don't have you to learn from. You don't have you to listen to. You don't have you to lean on for wisdom and help. God's given you a gift. And you're rejecting it. And you're going to lose the blessings of God. And His hand's going to be against you. And He's going to deliver you into some things. Because you said, you know what? On this Saturday night, with this preacher... I don't have to make a choice. And you're walking out the door the exact same way and you're refusing to do anything. I'm done. I ain't got to listen to that. And you are going to lose the blessings of God. I told you there's three things, Brother Dalton. There's a personal choice. There's problems to come, but here's where we're at in the service tonight. We're at the point now where you get to make the choice. I preached the personal choice and I laid out all the reasons why God's blessed and you ought to choose God. But if I can just quote Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. If you want to serve the gods on the other side of those false gods, you go ahead. 
Well, I would challenge you tonight, why don't you come? Why don't you find your spot around an altar? And why don't we choose God? All stand with our head bowed and our eyes closed. Before you move, I don't want you to come because you think your parents want you to. I don't want you to come because you're trying to please your preacher. I don't want you to come because you feel like you need to. You played that game long enough. I wonder tonight how many of you need to come. And you need to make a promise to God that God, by the grace of God, all the days of my life, I will serve the Lord. They're going to sing. If you want to come, why don't you come? Why don't we just come and say, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. They're, they're singing. If you want to come, you come.